0: Welcome to another episode of Terrell Paranormal Talk, where we discuss all things supernatural, weird, and unexplained. Join us for discussions on UFOs, ghost stories, paranormal investigations, strange monster sightings, psychic skills, and places of high strangeness. I'll leave you to one of our esteemed investigators hosting today, and perhaps you will leave a little wiser and a little closer to having your curiosity satisfied. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey guys, welcome to Terror Paranormal Talk. Brenda here with my co-host, Mary Jo Woodruff. Hello. We are going to talk about Haunted Hill House. Now, we approached Haunted Hill House in one of our earlier podcasts just a couple weeks ago with Martha Hazard Deckard, who wrote a book. The House is Truly
1: Active Paranormally.
0: Can you tell us a little bit, just to kind of summarize the history of it? And this is a pretty spectacular place. Oh, it is. It's, it's mind blowing. Can you tell us a little bit, just to kind of summarize the history of it?
1: Yes, this was a town. It's west of Fort Worth, about 50 miles. It was originally built as an A-frame in the late 1800s. And over the years, it was enlarged and added to. It has a colorful history from the days of the Indians in that area, prohibition, any number of things that could add to the paranormal activity. It is just a stone's throw from the famous Baker Hotel, which is currently under renovation. It is, well, it's not rumored. We know that there were tunnels from the Baker Hotel to this house. Uh, For many years, it was a house of prostitution. It was a bootleggers hangout. Currently, this house is owned by Kathy and Sonny Estes. We've had the fortune to be there on two occasions, two separate nights. And it is indeed very active. There are spirits there that we've come to know them by names. Kathy and Sonny are very protective of them. And that... They've set it
0: up to be the perfect paranormal investigator's dream because the house is hot-wired with CCTV everywhere. And there's a control center of sorts in the kitchen where you can go, you can scroll back through footage if you need to, you can record it with your own phone or your own video recorder and see what happened in minutes or seconds even before or after a paranormal response. And the most spectacular part about this house is that the house talks to you. And what I mean by that is when you're sitting up and it can hear thumps and thumps, and I swear I heard the piano play. So we, we get there and we kind of have a flow, we have a protocol that we use. The tour was done with Sunny, his Kathy.
1: Well, the had visited with us for a while. Yes. On that occasion, there were three of us. There, there, you know, even then, I was thinking, "Well, we just lost a couple of hours, you know." But we were we were interested in, in talking with her, and we were prepared. We yeah. had our
0: equipment lined up. We knew where everything was. When we started to unpack. It wasn't like that. We couldn't yeah. find
1: anything. And before we knew it, it was one thirty a.m. to get started. Yes. You know, to start taking photos. That's generally what I do first. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it was one thirty. Yes, we hadn't done anything, we don't know what happened to that time.
0: Yeah, and they talk about that quite often in this house, is that you just have lapses of where did the time go? You know, a jump to say, oh, well, we killed a couple hours doing something, but we were very focused and very
1: intention-oriented at that point. Yes, and and time is precious uh, at this point location because it's a you know it's a pricey overnight stay but it's well worth it and there's it's very large over the years it's been added on to so it's just kind
0: of a quite interesting no long hallways room to room very creole style in that fashion so after the missing time i remember that i was sitting at the control center there and i was watching something i had never seen before and it was orb movement we talk a lot about orb movement and how you can get infrared reflection, and you can get light reflection of dust and bugs and particles floating in the air. However, this orb movement was very intentional. It was very, very strange because I could see contrails behind these orbs and there were two dozen or more that were in the upstairs floor where they where they stored their moonshine. I remember telling Kalita, one of the investigators, to walk into that room and, And as soon as she walked in that room, those orbs just disappeared. And they popped up in another room that was empty. I just was in amazement because how does that happen? It was like as soon as she was there, it went away. And we immediately went up to that room to
1: investigate and got nothing. Three of us sat down with our our meters and doing an EVP session, talking to them, and zilch. We got nothing. Nothing.
0: It's like they did not want to communicate that way. They wanted to communicate on their own terms. As you sit there, you can hear just a faint, almost whispering, and I remember being very, very anxious about. I wanted to get that up as soon as we got home and listen to it and see what we got, and we got some pretty amazing stuff, and we'll get into that. What was
1: Kalita's experience? She had an unusual experience at one time when we were all downstairs in the kitchen. The kitchen is kind of the command center, and it's a quasi-quote safe place. <laughs> Although no place in that house is totally safe. We were uh, in there working on our equipment. She stepped away and went into a restroom that was just the next room over. And when she came back in, she had this funny look on her face, and she said, I've just been growled out. <laughs> she said, I've just been growled out. And as she came out of that restroom and walked back toward the kitchen, she heard a very definitive, uh, or hiss, Maybe Mm. she uh, described it as a hiss.
0: It was a hiss or a growl. Yes. it was clearly startling. She definitely noticed it. I had experienced the orbs. I had experienced the missing time. And those things were strange. But I wanted to be alone with the house. I just felt like the best way we had to connect was to allow these spirits and these energies to connect on their terms. So, I simply took my laptop, and I went to one of the bedrooms there in the front. Kalita and Mary Jo were laying down in a bedroom in the very back. And throughout the night, yes, I could hear the whispering. I could hear it rattling. It wasn't until about 5.30 or 6. I was sitting there doing the most mundane on my laptop when suddenly, to my left, right beside me, I hear a voice, and it's a very childlike voice, and I'm going to play that for you here. Will you please play? I remember just feeling fear rise throughout my body. I got very nervous because I was afraid of what I would run right into. I wanted to give myself a little space to perhaps be able to witness something from a distance. I remember responding with a, hello, hello, are you there? And cautiously turning to the side and putting my feet on the floor. And at that point, I heard what sounded exactly like a young child running away from me on those hardwood floors. surreal. And at that point, I felt like, okay, I've got a little distance between him and me. So I stood up and I began to slowly walk into the living room and
1: into the back bedroom to wake up you and Kalita. Yes, well, Kalita was sleeping. I was not. (laughs) I had stayed awake all night, actually. She stopped at our door and spoke to us and kind of briefly said what had happened. And she walked on through. Walked through that living area toward the back of the house where there were some other bedrooms, asking the spirit to speak to her. Well, I had heard him again,
0: but I couldn't make out what he was saying. I recall saying, Are you speaking to me, young man? And from there, I knew that I had heard him, that the young man was calling me mommy while I was standing in that little foyer area between those bedrooms in the back of the house. I walked into the CCTV area, sat down, and the location, the bedroom that I was sitting in, I had my back up against the headboard, computer in my lap, and immediately behind me was a staircase. I zeroed in on that staircase in the minute prior to the voice appearing, asking me to play. And you can see the banister is moving.
1: Yes, these are are old, heavy wooden uh, steps and banisters. But it was almost as if a child was coming downstairs and
0: ready to play. Right, there was just a little little flex in that banister, and it was moving. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced because as we've gotten EVPs and what I believe to have been intelligent communication. From spirits at other locations, this was a direct energetic reaction that was interacting with me, had sought me out instead of me seeking it out,
1: had a 20 minute reaction or interaction rather. We assume or would like to think that this spirit was of a young boy that was at the house and he was a... He was born to one of the prostitutes there, and he was, um, had Down syndrome. The man that was running the house did not want their guests and visitors to see this child because he uh, wanted to keep him out of sight. So he had hidden him in a room, literally in the attic behind the wall of a, one of the bedrooms. And that's where the child stayed during the time that there were visitors in the house. And they call him Joshua. His his actual name was Joshua. Yes. And that's who they perceive this young boy to be. He's kind of quiet and timid. There's a room upstairs that is uh, adjacent to his little hideout. The little door, a little short door, is cut into that wall to go into the attic through that door will open on its own occasionally. And there are some toys in that room. And they may may move, you know, some activity there. There's children's books there. And the guests are known to just sit in there. And we did that as well. And read these um, children's books to Joshua. That is who we think was calling you mommy.
0: Yes. And who had asked me to play earlier. Yes. Who was responsible for that entire interaction. As well... I remember sitting down and going through the CCTV. You know, we've got an audio recorder running on our shoulders at all times. I was sitting there diligently going through the CCTV and something says, boom. And I remember responding by looking up and saying, what the hell? And you can capture that. I captured that entire exchange on audio and I will post that for you here as well. There were a few other EVPs that we got that night, and you say they're EVPs, but they're actually what we call AVPs, they're audio voice phenomenon, because you can hear it, even though you may not be able to make it out in real time. And at one point, there is a very strange series of exchanges. It starts with, who's that fat woman? Which me being a woman of size, I can only imagine was intended towards me. As well, there is this odd exchange where you will hear someone saying, a masculine voice, whispering, no, no, no. Then you hear a child's voice, I'm right here, followed by no, no. And then, let's cut her up. And this maniacal laugh. And I'm going to place that in the audio here for our listeners to hear. When we uh,
1: reviewed that, later on our audio that was (laughs) eye-opening chilling quite chilling
0: well there was one more very strange audio occurrence that we captured on audio prior to us leaving literally minutes before turning off the recording. i believe you heard the piano play at one point there were a few other things that first night and one of them were the chimes in the bathroom
1: yes the bathroom near the kitchen, it, well, it was between the kitchen and the bedroom that Colleen and I were sharing mm-hmm. that night. When you opened that door, there were these little chimes that played. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you, when you went in, the chimes played. When you came out, these chimes played. It was just soft and subtle, you know, just a few little notes chimes. At some point during the night, after she and I had gone to bed, I heard the chimes as if someone were going in, and then again, as if someone came out. And I thought it was you, Brenda.
0: And I remember almost being a little half-irritated because I had just had this surreal experience with <laughs> Joshua. And you're asking me, Did you, are you sure you didn't get up to go to the bathroom?
1: <laughs> and another, I guess, after effect, Toby has been known to leave with someone that has stayed at the house. Kathy said when he leaves, he's always back in two or three days. He never stays gone long. Well, we came home. Kalita kept reporting to me that there were knocks going on in her house that were uncommon. And this went on for about three days, just a knocking. And she'd lay in bed, and she just hear this knocking, if someone was knocking on the wall, or even during the day. I wondered if perhaps Toby had not taken a ride home with her, but it didn't well, last. That is, that is hitchhiker syndrome. That. Yes.
0: As well, we heard some other things on that recording that were interesting. Uh, we I remember we set up a recorder and had placed it on the piano right yes. outside of the kitchen. The kitchen,
1: as we were packing up. Toward the very end of that audio, right before we were leaving, this gruff voice said, Get out! Yeah. <laughs>
0: and as a matter of fact, we've got that. So let uh, let me insert that here so that our <laughs>
1: listeners can hear that as well. Yeah. And we were. We were getting out of there.
0: That was just kind of a summary of some of the strange things that we encountered that first visit. I don't think it covers all of it,
1: but it certainly
0: covers kind of the highlights.
1: And then we went back. We went back, and I thought
0: I broke my son. I remember feeling like I broke Dayton, because Dayton is so sensitive to that type of activity. And I remember when we were there that night, at one point we were playing cards in the poker room, and he was pacing, and he turned around and he put his hands on the table and said, this place
1: is so Haunted. <laughs> yes, he was kind of distressed the whole visit. The second visit, the second visit, it was Brenda and I, Dayton and Jason. That was the second visit. Yes, yes. And, and they all have experience investigating. Yes. especially Dayton. Yes, there are opportunities there for the spirits to play cards with you, and very often they will they'll touch the people, you know, on their shoulder or or their hair things like that in the poker room. And we played cards in there for a while. And we also sat with our spirit box. And this
0: was kind of unique because Jason rarely, if ever, participates in an investigation. If anything, if he comes along, he's normally coming along to help us with the logistics, system, yes. making sure everything's got a camera on it or and he,
1: he knows the drill. Uh, In this town, there was previously an army base. It was Camp Walters, and the sole purpose of that base was to train helicopter pilots and um, work on helicopters. It's no longer there. Of course, one of the very, very busy times uh, at the base was during the Vietnam War and many, many helicopters and helicopter pilots, you know, were active there. So, and I tell you that because at one point during our EVP session, uh, Jason was talking and asking a spirit if they were in the military. There were some military uh, artifacts yes. in the room, and, and he, he was
0: very well versed in history.
1: Yes, he is, and so he was trying to initiate a conversation with the spirits in the room about some of those artifacts. We began getting a sound, a noise on that spirit box that sounded like it was like womp, 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 like, like helicopter blades. Mm-hmm. It sounded just like a helicopter when you were on the ground and this helicopter yeah. was coming.
0: Getting... And granted, this room had a lot of paraphernalia. Yes. Call it military. Call it what you will, that mm-hmm. was military
1: based. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jason tried to engage someone in a conversation about that sound of those helicopter blades was very distinct
0: and at one point did we not hear him say or make a like a human sound mimicking a helicopter yes and as well he had asked about the helmet there was a helmet there and the response directly was helmet think it was what was was this your helmet or but but there's a helmet sitting right in front of us it was a very distinctive so what else did we do that second trip
1: i know we we spent a lot of time upstairs in joshua's room dayton has this wonderful speaking voice and we had brought an antique children's book with us just for joshua We all sat there in that room, and we had the K2 meter on the coffee table there. And Dayton read the entire, which was not all that long, but he read the entire children's book to Joshua without interference or anyone else talking. The K2 meter, they just went bonkers. Yeah. They were going bonkers during that time. And and also, I have to say that for posterity, I now have a beautiful recording of my grandson (laughs) (laughs) reading this lovely little children's book. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Other than the K2 activity and the pod activity, we didn't get much from that session. We did not. Surprisingly (laughs) enough, and you've got to let it interact with you. It's got to be on their terms. I had asked Dayton what he sensed as far as malevolence or darkness there. His response to me was that there was something more ancient on the land, something darker on the land that none of us understood or none of us had stories to fit, and that that energy there was manipulating the former decedents or the decedents of the property and causing them to act out in evil ways.
1: There was a lot of uh, Indian presence on that land. Yes. Previously. And... You bef- can feel it, in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah, before and before that, I don't know. Who knows? So that second trip,
0: what else stands out to us? Dayton had reported that in the middle of the night, for some reason, Jason got up. And Dayton was sleeping on this long fainting couch, this gorgeous fainting couch. And Jason had been sleeping in the bed. And he said it was Jason, but it was a strange interaction. Because Jason had, like, gotten up to go to the bathroom, and Dayton was laying there asleep. And Dayton woke up to his dad pulling his leg and asking him if he was all right. Just waking him up out of a dead sleep. And then turning around and going back to bed. But it was just kind of an odd behavior. And what was strange about that was that a couple weeks prior, we had read a story or heard a story of a man who was sleeping on that same fainting couch... And he had woken up in the middle of the night because somebody had asked for a cigarette. And he got up and handed this person a cigarette and then dozed back off. And it didn't occur to him until the next morning that he had gotten up in the middle of the night to hand somebody a cigarette and no explanation for it. But it was that same fainting couch that he was sleeping on and that same sort of interaction there in what they call the axe room, which was where my first experience happened and my, or my interaction with uh, Joshua happened. So there seems to be high levels of energy coming and going through that room.
1: There are objects in the house that Kathy and Sonny have placed through the house that uh, they can be triggered to, to move, such as there's a, there's a rocking horse with a doll sitting on it in one of the rooms. And when it's activated, it rocks a few times and plays a little musical tune. Not creepy at all, folks. No. Not creepy creepy at at all. all. So this is something that that will be activated, you know, entirely by itself. There's also in one of the bedrooms downstairs at the front is called the carousel room. There are toys in that room that will activate by themselves.
0: Yes, and that piano will play.
1: Yes, it's a big upright piano, an old piano, and uh, we understand that one of the previous owners, uh, one of the women that owned the house for so long and lived in it most of her life, was an avid pianist.
0: And we know that those musical instruments tend to be of huge sentimental value to people in yes. the living world,
1: Yes, and but, that
0: doesn't seem to change in the afterlife.
1: They have so, so many hours of personal touch and um, you know, connection with the, the musician. Do you want to talk about Little Ben? Oh, so, yes. The very first visit over there, I
0: walked into this living area and was immediately pulled to this ventriloquist puppet. And I know I can hear people saying, oh, hell no right now. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes were instantly drawn to it. I was just instantly... Attracted to it for some reason couldn't take my eyes off of him and by the end of that trip. I had purchased him Well, we got him home and I talked to him I acknowledge him He was in the gentleman's lap when he passed and he passed of old age. He was uh, Nonviolent it was non stressful but that puppet was with him and his name was Ben so The puppet subsequently got the name of Little Ben. After bringing him home, I placed him on the windowsill and I would talk to him every morning when I got up, and I'd talk to him every night before we go to bed. It's so strange because a lot of times with paranormal experience, there are just noises that you can't explain, and there's racket that you can't explain. And this has happened on several occasions where, yes, there is this strange noise out of nowhere, wakes you up out of a dead sleep, and you get up to investigate, and then just moments after getting up to investigate, you hear, thud. and instantly your mind goes to little Ben. And what happens is you turn over, you look at him, he's thrown himself off the windowsill where he's been sitting a week or better, or he's thrown himself off the the shelf where he's been for a month he just lays there on the floor it's like he's fleeing himself off he causes some paranormal racket instantly my mind goes to little Ben and I don't know is that me cha- you know, channeling little Ben am I causing some sort of telepathic response that's making little Ben throw himself off just because he's in the forefront of my mind or is he actually connected to the initial noise who knows
1: Little Ben is quite a character. (laughs) Yes, he is.
0: He certainly is.
1: There were some EVPs that we got on our recordings. I did not really catch anything of any substance on my still photos, or we didn't on our video photos. I I just have to comment on the house and the way people react to it when they go there to stay, Yes. You can follow some of that uh, activity on Facebook, just Haunted Hill House on Facebook. Kathy is uh, consistent about loading short videos of some of the guests and their activity. I'm sorry, but I never tire of seeing these big, brave guys squill and run down the stairs. It happens over and over and over They'll run down those stairs when they hear something upstairs. (laughs)
0: Something gets thrown at them, speech to them, something growls at them. them.
1: They're the first ones to run. And she reports uh, getting there in the morning, and she she comes in about 8. At one time, the entire group was sleeping on the front porch. (laughs) Which is no safer. No safer. Or under the kitchen table, literally under the kitchen table. And that may be a neutral spot, but probably not they're probably somebody booed
0: at me while i was in
1: there <laughs> <laughs> are going out sleeping in their car on the rest of the night because they're so frightened and some people just leave in the middle of the night she and Sonny stay on the property in a uh, a trailer camper there behind the house just to be there if the guests need anything and also to lock up the house if they get up and leave at night but they are known to do that the more seasoned paranormal investigators don't do that, though. They stay and things, how to handle themselves.
0: Well, the need for documentation of a place this active is so important because I think it helps us understand broader topics in the paranormal and ufology. They've spotted numerous UFOs over the property. So that stuff seems to go hand in hand, as well as the health of the residents who have lived there it's affected that we don't know if that's a direct cause of the house but it certainly seems like it could be we've heard reports of people who stayed more than 24 hours getting migraine headaches and getting sick to their stomach Mm -hmm. and just feeling pretty crummy in this place and the more the exposure is there the worse it seems to affect us as humans of these living bodies
1: there are numerous documented deaths at the house but as investigators we know that that is not necessarily a criteria for a haunting but there seems to be propensity towards yes violence. there and tragic accidents also well there was little joshua who was murdered by his father there was another young boy named Jacob. He died of an accidental hanging. Uh, it was either off of the roof of the house or in a tree in the backyard.
0: I seem to recall it being a tree, tree. in the backyard.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was a man who fell through the roof and died. A man, I think, that fell in the well and died. There was at least one of the prostitutes, which was Joshua's mother, that was murdered on the stairs. And also, there's uh, about a 12-year-old child, a little girl, that was hit by a car in front of the house. And she uh, was carried up onto the porch to be given help, and she died there.
0: Not to mention, even later years, or more recent years, there have been murders there related to drugs and activity like that. So, it begs me to ask the question, is the propensity towards violence driven by the house or has that violent accumulation of energy affected the hauntings in the house itself which came first the chicken or the egg? but there is no doubt that there has been just an amazing amount of evil energy and evil intent occurring in this what is really a very small area of this land here And it's, once again, it's a stone's throw away from the Baker Hotel, which is notoriously haunted. That entire area there is fed with wells, spring-fed wells, to the point where the water was sold for its healing and therapeutic properties.
1: Hence the name of the town, mineral wells. And railroad
0: activity compiled with ancient land that we don't know what occurred during Native American times that we just don't understand.
1: We will give Sonny and Kathy Estes much credit for the way they are taking care of that property. Yes. And how they encourage the uh, investigations to, you know, just to further the paranormal research. And they're very professional about it.
0: It is definitely an area of high strangeness.
1: I know that
0: we have lots of evidence that we have not even uncovered that we got on our second trip there and it's time for us to chop chop and start getting through some of that it, is, it certainly <laughs> uh, is but there's just so much of it and seeing as this was kind of a personal endeavor of ours we weren't working for a client so to speak it was to document and satisfy our own curiosities it hasn't been a priority however i think at this point it's time for us to look and see what we may have gotten on our mini recorders and our mini
1: video devices. And we'll let you know if we find more significant activity. Well, I think this is just kind
0: of the beginning of our second reveal of evidence to ourselves and to the general public what we may have gotten. We are kind of an investigative team that we try to make those experiences happen in the moment. However, it's usually not until we get back and start uncovering stuff after that that it's, it's mm-hmm. revealed. So, I have no doubt that there will be some revelations.
1: If you have an opportunity, book a night. You don't want to book two nights,
0: <laughs> yeah. but
1: book a night at Haunted Hill House. Just go to that page on Facebook. You'll get all the information that you need there.
0: And I'll make sure that I include links to the website. And in the show notes, you'll be able to find that. You'll also be able to find a way to contact us if you have any questions, if you have uh, any additional data you want to add, if you have stories you want to add. As well, Martha Decker is writing her second book, so there's stories that she would love to hear if you have some of the property, as well as any and all future or previous podcasts. We'd love to have your feedback on those, so you'll be able to find the contact us information in the show notes. As well, a link to our webpage and our other podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, there is a listener support button if you want to keep these podcasts going. We always are very appreciative of even tiny donations made to the podcast directly. So we can keep this up and going as long as you guys want to listen. We have stories we want to tell. Isn't that right, Mary Jo? We do. We're
1: full (laughs) of stories.
0: (laughs) So, um, anything else in closing that you want
1: to say? something that we always try to end our podcast with and that is simply it's always a great day to speak to the dead thank
0: you here give some love by c paranormal fix we are delighted that you have joined us today there's plenty more stories and interviews to come remember it is all